The button has been pushed. Commencing podcast now. Me, 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 me. Ready? Ready. Welcome to Pop Tech Jam, the independent audio magazine about consumer technology, pop culture, and whatever else we feel like talking about because we've been away for a while and there's a lot of news to catch up on. And then we're also going to talk about some of the TV shows that have been helping us get through the pansanity here. I'm J.D. Mm. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. And uh, we are the PopTech Jam team. Yes, we are. The crew. As I mentioned, we, we've been off for a couple of weeks. You know, it's, it's just stuff happens in the fall. But the news kept on happening. See, you're being nice. My schedule got imploded and exploded because we had a COVID scare. Yeah. But, that, but you know, thankfully, everyone is fine here at, at Casa Kaiser. So everything's good. Yeah. No need to worry. But the fact that you have to schedule around a COVID scare. I mean, this is 2020. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, well, it I'm, 2020. I'm glad everyone is okay there. And, and just yeah, uh, as a, uh, you know, since New York was the epicenter and, and then we got better, uh, did you find your COVID experience to be, uh, I don't want to say pleasant, but was it efficient compared to the, to yes. the cray that yeah. was going down here in, in March was and April? Very efficient. I will not bore you all with details just to say that, uh, New York got its its crap together when it uh, comes to this. I would not have said that three, four months ago when there were 105 ambulances an hour coming mm-hmm. up uh, past where I live. But you know what? It's it's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Uh, we've got our tests done. The kids got their tests done. You know, it is what it is. Like you said, it's the pansanity. It's the world we live in right now. Yeah. But I did treat myself. Oh, what did you, did you get some, some comfort food or what did you get? Well, I got some, uh, some fancy new AKG headphones that I'll talk about maybe in the next episode. And I bought a Mac mini, <gasps> a Mac mini, the cute little Mac, Mac mini. mini. Yes. They're beefy now. They're, I mean, they're still mini, but I got one with an i7 processor, which is almost as good as the, the iMac that I bought. I didn't have to sell my kidney to get this thing. And I'm like, why didn't I just buy two of these? I know the, the, the losing the monitor really lowers your price tag there. Now I haven't seen a Mac mini in the wild in a while. They still basically the size of a personal pan pizza box yeah, with all the stuff on much. the inside. Pretty much. And now there's space gray. I'm getting space it gray. Space gray. Yeah. It's Ooh, very, well, very it's easier to, it, a neutral colors are easier to blend in with your overall decor yeah. too. So, and I went old school. And I got a Kensington trackball, two Kensington trackballs. <gasps> oh, big old trackball. Old schools, yeah, but they're great for audio. So, you know, I don't think I'll talk about those because they've been around since we were kids. Yes, but, but, but for people who also have repetitive stress injuries from gripping yep. a mouse, uh, sometimes mm-hmm. intensely gripping a mouse, uh, I find the trackball really opens up your hand and, and relieves a lot of that pressure on your wrist as well. Well, that's exactly why I, I realized that how why a lot of professional studios and a lot of audio engineers use this stuff because I had been using the the, the mouse and I was feeling it on mm-hmm. my right arm specifically. So the trackball is so much better. Thank you, Kensington, for still making them. Yeah, yeah. Now, did your mouse have like finger marks where you've been gripping it tightly? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's that magic mirror, the black, the space gray magic mirror, the black uh-huh. one, the charcoal one. Yeah. I mean, you could see... Like literally see my finger marks. Yes, this the was thing. a bad day when I was working. Yeah, yeah. But I understand we have a lot of news. Yes, well, we have some news because we, we ha- haven't done an episode here in a while. And, and some things Correct. happen and some of it's a little 
back in the rearview mirror, but it's still important enough to talk about because a lot of the things that, you know, that happen, particularly in the tech and the uh, legal tech world, are just, they, they're ongoing. So, you know, it's always they good to uh, you know, remind people it's out there. So, uh, so yes, well, without indeed. further ado, because we do have some fresh new stuff, particularly uh, in regards to the gaming world that I'm Ooh. sure uh, you will want to talk about. So, yes. so, so let's dive in here as the COVID-19 pandemic drags on from spring to summer and now fall, because uh, it's fall mm. now. Uh, the gaming business is stepping it up even more. Uh, Bloomberg reports that Nintendo uh, is bumping up the production of the popular Nintendo Switch console by another 20%, aiming for 30 million units this fiscal year. Uh, last month, I think Nintendo had uh, raised those orders to 25 million, which was apparently not enough, thanks to uh, fears of more lockdown and the flu season coming to town and everyone else just getting really nervous about people going back to school and coronavirus knocking on the door for the second wave. So uh, more Nintendo Switches have been ordered and uh, also adding to that popularity, the Animal Crossing New Horizons game, I guess, really caught on uh, this spring. I remember there was constant Animal Crossing memes everywhere. My son is dying. My, my daughter's been playing it for for forever now. Uh, but my son wants to get in on it. And yeah, I don't think it's the kind of game he's going to like mm-hmm. but because there's no splody bits. Oh, really? The, the animals yeah. do not explode as they cross? Yeah, it's not. Yeah, they don't explode as they cross. Yeah. So, yeah, no, nah, I don't think he's going to get that same visceral uh, thrill from Animal Crossing. Yeah, too bad there's not a, a GTA for kids that's less, uh, <laughs> less adult themed. Oh, well, I was, I, you know what? It's funny you mentioned that, but I did find a couple of, uh, I found one open world uh, racing game called The Crew. And then Forza, you know the Forza series on mm-hmm. Microsoft? Yeah. They have one f- with Australia. I'm trying to find another one, but he loves them. They're open world. You can drive pretty much anywhere. And this crew game uh, on Xbox as well, you literally can drive through a, you know, you can drive through the United States. You know, you can go from the Midwest to New York in in an hour. All right. So so that's not going to keep him busy for a while. Yeah. Oh, he loves it. Absolutely loves it. I'm trying to find more open world games. So if anybody out there listening to this has any open world suggestions for uh, kids that are kid friendly, no first person shooters, let me know. Oh, all right. Yes, a, a, a crowdsourced uh, game recommendations yes, there. Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. All right. So so that was Nintendo. They're, so they're ramping up the Switch production. Sony's PlayStation 5 is arriving uh, here in the United States on November the 12th. The new version sports an AMD Zen 2 processor and a Radeon RDNA 2 graphics card. Uh, pretty beefy there. The PlayStation 5, which has a 4K Blu-ray disc in it, uh, that version of the console will cost $500. There's also the PlayStation 5 Digital Edition for $400 that just basically loses the the disc drive. Like if Mm -hmm. you just only want to do internet games or download stuff or stream, then you can knock $100 off the price of your uh, PlayStation 5 investment there. But if you want the big old 4K Blu-ray disc drive, that's the $500 top-of-the-line model for your Sony PlayStation 5 there. Microsoft is also revving up its gaming engine, calling it the world's most powerful console. Because uh, every time one of these people, you know, releases one, it's like, the world's most powerful. But Microsoft calls it the world's most powerful console, the Xbox Series X, which has a eight-core Ryzen CPU uh, based on the Zen 3 architecture and uh, clocked in at 3.8 gigahertz on the high end. 
that is Jeez. ready for 4K adventures all over the place. Uh, the list price for that is about $500 as well, or $499. You know, they always slide under uh, by a buck. Mm-hmm. And Microsoft also announced the Xbox Series S, which is supposed to have four times the processing power of the Xbox One, yet the affordability sweet spot with a price tag of $299. Now, um, as with the PlayStation's, the Xbox Series S console won't have a disk drive, so... All the companies are doing the, you want to drive, you can have this one for more money, or if you just want to, to game on the internet. So mm-hmm, Series mm-hmm. X has no disk drive and will support gaming at a 1440p resolution and 120 frames per second. So if you don't have a 4K TV, you can still get some serious fragging in and decent resolutions and uh, max out your hardware that way. Uh, both models are available for pre-order now, and they'll be out on November the 10th. So uh, as an Xbox family, are you motivated to upgrade are you happy with your current model i'm actually happy with the current model we have the xbox one x Mm -hmm. which is a 4k machine we don't have a 4k tv yet but maybe next year if we upgrade or whatever you know um i might consider getting a new one but the thing is we've become a nintendo household we have three nintendos so it's like the xbox i don't see spending 500 bucks right away just to you know the the thing we've got, the Xbox One X that we have, is super powerful. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's like it's it's better than mo- all the computers in my house. Yeah, so, uh, and I think I a mean, lot of people get really motivated too if there's an exclusive game coming out or some kind of new content that yeah. will only yeah. look good if you have the super best, most fastest recent one. Um, and I think the anticipated Halo uh, Infinite game for Xbox uh, was one of the ones that they were trying to sell with this latest version, but that got delayed till 2021, the game. Mm-hmm. Uh, Microsoft is still going to have plenty of content for its consoles, though, including some old favorites uh, from a new acquisition. Last week, the Redmond Giant announced plans to require ZeniMax Media, the parent company of Bethesda Softworks, creators of The Elder Scrolls and Fallout, and many, many, they, many other games. They bought Bethesda. Yeah, they wow. bought Bethesda. The deal goes down for $7.5 billion in cash. Uh, so, so this gives Microsoft something to play with. I know they had been a contender for TikTok and the TikTok deal. I don't even know what is going on with that now because it keeps changing. Now Oracle and Walmart might be involved, but then China's saying no. Oh so I think we should just leave TikTok until something definitive happens yeah, uh, there. Exactly. But anyway, the, the TikTok's still up in the, in the, the air. But, but Microsoft has uh, so, some big game library now. Yeah. Did they ban it yet? TikTok? They were going to ban it, and then they stopped like a day before and said, no, we're not going to ban it because this happened, mm-hmm. and then they're going to ban WeChat, and it, it uh, was... Please. You they're need a scoreboard, yeah. They're not going to ban it. Yeah. Trust me, they're not going to ban it. And we are not done with the gaming news yet either, because uh, Amazon, now you don't normally think of them as, as a big game contender, but they had their fall product announcements this week. And along with the usual Echo and Fire upgrades, the Uber Mega Everything store also revealed Luna, which is its new cloud gaming service. Oh, wow, that's funny, because I was actually going to mention that I'm thinking about getting one of those cloud PC gaming services like Shadow or GeForce Now. So, uh, so, right, so now that there are many more uh, in, in the mix here now, uh, Engadget uh, describes Luna as uh, Luna is what happens when you take the subscription model of Prime Video, mash it up with Twitch, plug that into Amazon Web Services, and wrap it all up in an Alexa-powered gamepad, end quote, which I guess kind of helps, helps visualize this. The new platform mm, yeah, sure. 
goes live in October uh, for early access and will have a monthly subscription fee of uh, $5.99, clearly aiming for Google Stadia and Microsoft's xCloud services, mm-hmm. I'm guessing here. Mm-hmm. And then they've also uh, got a custom Amazon Luna game controller, which is about 50 bucks. You know, that's, that's where the... Oh, of uh, course. Uh, some of the hardware uh, bucks come in there. So uh, Luna will launch first on Fire TV, PC, Mac, and iOS devices, including iPhones and iPads. Uh, Android compatibility is expected later this year. And uh, the platform is expected to launch with about 100 games, including uh, Resident Evil 7, Overlook 2, and others. So, so now you got Luna to, to, to consider here as well. Yeah, I'm leaning, I'm leaning towards GeForce now. Or Shadow Tech, the Shadow platform. The thing about Shadow is that it's literally a cloud Windows machine. Mm-hmm. So you could use this for AutoCAD and stuff like that. So it's a really powerful cloud-based Windows machine that you can play all of these PC games. I'm hearing really good things about it, but that is a better solution. Can you, see, you know, I love playing PC games. Yeah. I prefer that over the console because of the mouse and the keyboard stuff. But this, you know, this might be a, a little like sweet spot. Hundred games, though, that's not a lot of games. Yeah, because people will blow through that and and no weekend. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah. And so, in addition uh, to the Luna game system, Amazon announced uh, two new Fire TV streaming sticks, including a light version that that will cost only thirty dollars. Wait, 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 wait. Fuego. Yes, the the Fuego. I haven't said light. that in a while. I know you yes. haven't. Uh, what what would uh, Fuego Light be? I, I would say Fuego Light. Yes, Fuego Light. Much, basically. Sounds, sounds like a, a, a cool, refreshing beverage. Uh, yes, it the does. Part. It does. That's what they call, in Europe, that's what they call the, the, the diet soda. Oh, really? It's like Coca-Cola Light. Oof, yes. Yes. Uh, it's, it yes. sounds less guilt-inducing than, than yes. diet Coke. Diet. So new Fire TV sticks, uh, a, a very uh, inexpensive one, and I guess they have redesigned the uh, home screen for the the Fire TVs uh, that are coming out. Well. And they also uh, had some. <laughs> and they also uh, redid the Echo speaker line. So uh, there's a two hundred and fifty dollar Echo Show Ten, which has a ten inch screen. That's perched on a motorized base that allows it to swivel around to keep you no. in frame in a video no. call la, or la, la, when you're talking la, to it, the, the thing will turn over. Da, 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 da. You, you don't want the screen following you? I'm not listening. I'm not listening. Yes. I wasn't listening. Sorry, JD. Yeah, yeah. No. And, and th- well, this isn't even the scariest product that they have. This is just the thing that sits on your table and the screen follows you around the room. It's sort of, no, uh, I remember the could, the could, iMac could, G4 from 2002 yeah. that had the yeah. little pop-up screen and the white base. Yeah. One of the versions of this reminded me a little bit of that. Uh, so that's the the Echo with the the screen on. You know, most of them are, are just the the speakers, but they're getting away mm-hmm. from the tube and puck form factors uh, that we we recall our Echoes uh, coming in. Hey, I don't and, know if you can see it, but mine is glowing in the back, right? But right behind it, me. It, 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 it hears us hey, talking it about it. Yeah. Hi, Alexa. She's not speaking. Well, she hears us talking about these other Echoes, and maybe she's getting a little jealous yeah, she, here. Yeah, she's getting a little but, upset. Uh, but so, so Amazon has redone those, too, uh, into spheres that b- bring to mind the Google Ball or the, I guess it was uh, technically the Nexus Q media player from 2012 that everyone made fun of and then it went away. Uh, so now they have these round Echo speakers. The no. standard Echo will cost $99. The Echo Dot will cost about $50. And then if you want to have an Echo Dot with a clock on the front, uh, add another 10 bucks onto that. So, so now Amazon has these glowing balls uh, for uh, – <laughs> 
That sounded bad. Um, you spheres. Totally, spheres. Spheres. You just walked me right into that, didn't you? Yeah. I'm going to leave it alone, JD. I'm yeah. going to leave it alone. So, uh, yes. So, so a new look for the Echo speakers, uh, but perhaps the most talked about product uh, in this whole pack of Amazon announcements, because they really just, they came out and said, everything we're doing this year, and then and kind of they dumped it on the buck table. Wild. They went buck wild. Yes. Uh, there is a $250 Ring Always Home Cam, which is basically one of Amazon's Ring security cameras attached to a tiny drone that can launch off its base and fly uh, around no. the inside no. of your house. No. Oh, now, I know you have special feelings about outdoor drones. I didn't know how indoor <sighs> drones uh, might make you feel. Uh, it's actually worse. Yeah, because like if you're just sitting there, is it going to come up? Yes. Well, they say it's ostensibly, you know, and you're supposed to be able to control it. It's ostensibly for peace of mind. Like if you're away and you can't remember if you turned off the oven or if you hear a weird noise in some part of the house and you don't want to go down there yourself. Uh, but it's Amazon. So security and privacy concerns abound. And this was my, you can tell I grew up in the country, because this was my first thought is, okay, say this little little doodad is flying around and it's checking out the house. What yeah. happens to those households who have dogs who love to leap up and catch flying things in the air? Mm-hmm. I mean, is your German yeah. shepherd going to munch this thing? Yeah. Or the cat, you know, the cat will trap it and you know, probably throw it in the toilet. But This thing won't last. This thing won't last. Plus, I live in a New York City apartment. Mm-hmm. I got like three rooms. Yeah. You just lean out the doorway to see what's going on. <sighs> Yeah, so this wow. must be for and the McMansions so and then the big uh, – but a lot of so people creepy. were a little, you know, sort of rattled by a tiny drone that flies around your house. And because drone delivery is, is actually getting a little bit more advanced because of the pandemic, I think, you know, they've been using to deliver uh, medical supplies and things uh, in, in places that are isolating. But, yeah, the indoor drone – I did not see the indoor drone coming. I didn't see it and it's completely unnecessary and terrifying. Plus, you know, I, I mean, it, oh. your kid's going to like drive that into, you know, the brother's forehead or something. I don't oh, know. Please. Maybe my, my son would torture my daughter with it. Literally would torture his sister with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm, I'm not even exaggerating. It would be just constant screaming. Yes. And then dad would get upset and crush it. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. No more. No more drone. No more indoor That's drone for you, young yeah. man. No more indoor. No more indoor drone. Yes. Stop so, so. buzzing the dinner table. Stop strafing your sister. Yes. So, oh. so and then as we say this, having not actually seen or had one, but just you know we're extrapolating what might happen uh, with these things in a real life situation. But yeah, I'm thinking, you no, know, you're no, a German Shepherd, man. It's just going to be like, you know, a pile of circuits. Uh, the dog decides that it's a Frisbee and wants to jump up. So. And we're thinking about getting a dog. I can only imagine that, that would be a snack because dogs eat anything. They, and then they'll they throw it up anything. on the rug. So Yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. And I'll have to clean it up. Yes. So uh, <laughs> something to look forward to. Uh, it's all about me, JD. It's all pet about Pet ownership me. is very fulfilling. It now, um, okay, so those were Amazon's uh, big announcements. Uh, Apple, way back, you know, Several days ago, uh, had their first fall event last week. And remember, every yeah. year people argue about what Apple's going to announce, and the bloggers take sides about, well, my inside source leaked this, and this is what's going to happen. Mm-hmm. And then they go, like, no, no, I have a better inside source, and you said they're going to do that. So there's a big fight if Apple was going to show everything, including the iPhone 12 line and whatever they're doing with the MacBook. Uh, a lot of bloggers are saying, no, it's just going to be watch and iPad, and they were pretty much right. Yeah, they were pretty much right. You know, there, there was a suite of services that got unveiled and iOS 14, but you, you kind of knew iOS 14 was coming just because they've course. been talking about it since WWDC. But so Apple held year. its uh, first event of the year. We assume there's going to be one in October uh, for the phone line. Everything's just delayed 
supply chain pandemic and probably if Apple's doing something funky with the um, hardware, uh, they always need a little extra time uh, to, to get the bugs worked out there. But the announcement most recently, uh, new Apple Watch models, uh, including the high-end Apple Watch Series 6, I guess we're up to now, that has a feature that measures blood oxygen levels uh, and other biometrics. Uh, That one is $399. I guess they're sort of positioning this because in the COVID world, if your blood oxygen is low, you know, that's one of the symptoms or hazards of the disease where you have to go to a hospital. Uh, if you know you have it, and all of a sudden, yeah, we bought we bought one of those little finger pulsometers. Yeah. during this nonsense. Yeah, so 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 you got your your blood oxygen uh, level here in the Series Six, and you know all the other biometric stuff that we the EKG and all of the stuff that it could do before. They also introduced a lower priced Apple Watch SE version. Fewer features, as always. It's basically the, the streamlined model, two hundred and seventy nine dollar price tag though. So if you really want an Apple Watch, but you don't want to spend uh, the big bucks. This is a little bit more affordable. So that's their uh, new operating system, all of that. No new iPhones, as we said, but the basic uh, 300 and yeah, yet uh, October, I think will be iPad month. Um, the uh, basic uh, $329 10.2 inch iPad uh, got a processor boost. I guess it's gone up to the A12 now. The iPad Air, which I forget is a distinct model uh, between the Pro mm-hmm. and the regular that uh, also got a fresh new look with a 10.9-inch screen, slimmed-down bezels uh, that feature the A14 Bionic chip, uh, better cameras. And this was the thing that I liked, a Touch ID sensor built into the power button. So all the people who don't like Face ID clung mm-hmm. to their old hardware because they wanted the home button. This gives you a physical thing to touch uh, so you have the Touch ID and it's not always just opening the screen on your face or trying to. So. Yeah. So the iPad Air is between an iPad and an iPad Pro? Yeah, I think the, the iPad Pro is is the top of the line. You top know, of the line, of the, yeah. The, that they're going for the AV professionals. And then you have the standard iPad, which I think is more of your school thing. And so I think the Air is kind of like your businessy laptop light need to go. Oh, I got you. I got you. I think that uh, sort of starts at 600 bucks, And so it's not... Your, your cheapest model, but if you if you need to travel all the time and you don't want to haul a huge bag of hardware around, maybe this is an option for you. Now, yeah. Apple also pushed out the iOS 14 operating system uh, for its mobile devices and introduced a tiered plan of mobile services called Apple One. Now, this starts at $14.95 a month for individuals who only want to pay one price uh, for Apple Music, Apple TV+, Apple Arcade and uh, 50 gigabytes of iCloud storage because you know how your mail always gets full and it whines or you can't back up your photos. So you can get all of these services instead of paying five bucks or, or whatever for each. You can just get them all uh, under umbrella for services for about 15 bucks. The family plan of that uh, goes for about 20 or 1995. That kicks the iCloud storage up to 200 gigabytes and then you get the, the music, the TV plus uh, and the arcade. Now, at the high end of that... I may actually have to join that because I'm paying for all the services, but I don't want the Apple News stuff Yeah, some of the other crud. Yeah, and, and this uh, if you go with, with the first two plans, you don't have to worry about uh, the Apple News. That's not including, but the high-end one where you pay uh, $30 a month, this gives uh, five people the ability to use Apple Music, Apple TV+, Apple Arcade, Apple News+, Plus and the upcoming Apple Fitness Exercise Program, and you get two terabytes of iCloud storage. So the middle plan sounds like it might be uh, the best for the Kaiser family because it's five people for 20 bucks, 200 gigs of iCloud storage, and then you get Apple TV Plus Music and Arcade. Well, the, that fitness thing might be interesting because I've been sitting on my Kaiser butt for the last six months. So Yeah, so, so this is Apple's... Uh, 
I guess, videos and, and motivational things. And, and I'm sure it ties in with the, the biometric stuff on the watch. So, Oh, no, 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 no. If I have to get a watch, forget about it. Mm-mm. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You probably. No, 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 no. Yeah. But <laughs> and yeah, they're trying to I'm have something for everyone. So so they're bundling their services like many people are. So uh, so that was Apple. But despite them or beyond them, even uh, mobile and desktop operating systems continue to merge. Uh, Windows 10 users who are running the Your Phone program and have Samsung phones can uh, now use Android apps right on the PC's desktop. Uh, I believe this also works with that Microsoft Surface Duo that got released mm-hmm. in early September, which is the Microsoft version of the folding tablet phone kind of thing. Um, yeah. yeah, people say, oh, it's like a backdoor Windows phone. It's like, well, it's kind of more Android. I saw that, yeah, it's Fortnite, and it looked kind of cute. You know, it's 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 got definitely, because they're using a hinge, and it's two screens and a hinge and not a folding screen, like what Samsung did with the Galaxy Fold. The Microsoft one looked a little sturdier, but it still requires you to have to put up with, you know, potentially breaking hardware if, if you get a lot yeah. of wear and tear there. And I'm not quite sure I need something that folds down. Because it's, it's about the size of an iPad mini, and then it folds at the hinge, and so you can have, like, apps open on either side of the screen, or you can sort of set it up like a little mini laptop and, and have one screen uh, looking right at you. But I was like, but, eh. You know, eh. But at least we know it's going to be very efficient for hackers to now have more access to my Windows machines through my Android app. So that's good. Yeah, that's yeah. Good. They nice just have to get into the Android store and yeah. Yeah, and it's a nice efficient travel right into my Windows machine. I like that. Yeah, I like so, that. so I, I, uh, have you downloaded the Your Phone? Uh, that would be a negatory there. Yep. That would be a negatory. No, 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 no. And ask me if I'm going to get an Apple Watch. Are you getting an Apple Watch? Hell no. Mm-mm. No Series 6 measuring your blood oxygen? It's, it, no, please. Like, really, does Apple really need to know how out of shape I am? You know, it's bad enough I'm giving them thousands of dollars Mm -hmm. for their gear. Yeah, no. Now. Do you really want a screen on your wrist to nag you? Hey, get off the couch. Oh, please, no. I would throw it. I would flush it. Yeah. I would definitely, I'd strap it to a to my home drone, to my <laughs> indoor drone, and have the dog chase it once mm-hmm. I get a dog. Yes. That's what I would do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. That would mm-hmm. happen to that. See how I tied that all together? It is See very, 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 yeah, nice. very smooth. Very nice. Yes. Yeah. I pay attention to you, JD. Mm-hmm. I'm listening. I'm listening. Yeah. Uh-huh. Plotting uh-huh. how to destroy all of these new devices. <laughs> yeah. Before they kill me in my sleep. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. uh, well, let's uh, let's move on uh, to news from the Department of Fail because uh, we, uh, you know, specifically <laughs> feel, uh, feels like I should have theme music for yes, that. For the Department of Fail. Yes, hello, Department of Fail. <laughs> uh, the Wall Street Journal reports that Quibi, the short-form video platform that was launched in April to a resounding thud, yeah. uh, is said to yeah. be exploring its options, including raising oh. more money, going public really? through a merger with a special purpose acquisition company, or just really? selling itself outright. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. So, I'm stunned. Uh, yeah. I'm <laughs> Who would have seen this coming? And now, uh, despite uh, big bucks and high-profile contributors and leadership from former Disney executive Jeffrey Katzenberg and former Hewlett-Packard CEO Meg Whitman, nobody cared about Quibi. And a billion dollars for seed money? Yeah, yeah. A billion. A billion with a B. Yeah, yeah, that uh, Quibi, uh, your time uh, is is not now, I guess. Yeah, definitely not. The time was never. There was never a time for Quibi. Sorry, folks. Despite all the big bucks and high profile people, yeah, nobody wanted to quib. Yeah, nobody wanted to quib. No quibbing. Quibless. I'm going to sign up for Quibi as soon as I get an Apple uh, Watch. How's that? Are you going to watch Quibi on your Apple Watch? Yeah, I'm going to watch Quibi on my Apple Watch while I don't exercise. 
Mm-hmm. That's exactly what I'm going to do. While your Amazon drone flies around and brings you a Coke. Exactly. Terrifying my dog. That's that's my future. That's my life. That's going to be my pan-sanity. Oh, dear. Also failing, because, uh, you know, you can, can never have too <laughs> much fail. fail. Yes. Remember a few shows ago we talked about uh, that Firefox uh, send file transfer service yeah. that you could yeah. upload like a gig and not have to log in? And everyone was abusing it? Yeah, yeah. The hackers found it and the, yeah. the malware. Uh, yeah. Mozilla announced it was permanently shutting down the easy-to-use service uh, after excessive malware abuse. So, nice. so long, Firefox send. Thank you, asshats. Yes. Uh, Thank you. And uh, also kind of losing here in a way, uh, Stalkerware is uh, getting some policing over there on the Google Play Store. We've talked about Stalkerware apps before here. Uh, But Mm -hmm. Google recently updated its developer program policy and said that as of October 1st, all apps that track users and send their data to another device must include adequate notice on consent and show persistent notification. Hey, I'm tracking you. Hey, I'm tracking you. So that uh, the user's actions are being tracked uh, by the app and the user knows that. So... um, so, yeah, Google finally stepping down here. They had some other uh, developer things, too, because they're also worried about the the uh, App Store cut of profits that Apple's fighting with. So, so they did some general updates. You know, you figure that these apps would have this stuff already built in. Mm-hmm. It kind of reminds me, and I'm sure you're aware of this because you're a New Yorker and we both live in New York City. Um, the MTA finally made it official that you can't poop or pee on the subway. Apparently that I was had not never, codified into law. It was not. Apparently it was not. So, okay, I understand that now in this world that we live in, we have to put this stuff down in black and white. Like, listen, no, you cannot yes. do that, you know, in, in, in public. You are, decent human beings do not do this. So decent human beings will tell you if they're tracking you on Google, mm-hmm. right? That's what's going to happen now. Yeah. You figured this should have been something that was already built in. Yeah, or, right? or Google should have had this provision in their uh, developer guidelines long ago. But uh, but no, we had, we had to come out and say, you know, this is basically a ban on stalkerware apps. Uh, so um, so finally, uh, Google has stepped uh, forth. I got to uh, go to my happy forth. place. Yes. Um, I got to go to my happy place. Yes. Yeah, so, so that's Alexa, there. where's my happy place? My happy place. A children's self-reflection and personal growth journal with creative exercises, fun activities, inspirational quotes, gratitude, dream, goal setting. All right. Stop stealing the show, Alexa. Come on. She's just a mic hog. Wow. Okay. All right. Well, she she showed you where your happy place was. She Um, did. I'm sure. I I was. I was afraid. Yeah. So shall we move on to um, attempting to not fail democracy news? Yeah. Yeah. You know, we got yeah. Twitter and Facebook uh, have announced new security features ahead of election day or election month or like people call it election season now because it's already started in some states and we think it's probably going to go on until January. But election season, yes. Uh, first up, uh, Twitter announced uh, in a blog post that uh, this fall, White House administration officials, members of Congress, political campaign staffers, mainstream news outlets, political journalists, and other government types will be prompted to take enhanced security measures ahead of the election. I'm sure uh, those two teens uh, that hacked people in Florida may have had something to do with mm-hmm. this. Just a bit. Twitter will be automatically turning on password reset protection for these account types and requiring strong passwords. Uh, don't reuse them. Don't make them simple. The bird-themed microblogging service also recommends that high-profile blue checkmark users uh, turn on two-factor authentication, which you should do anyway even if you don't have mm-hmm. the blue checkmark because we live in a world where two-factor authentication is kind of uh, a necessity these days. 
Oh, wait um, a minute. We're blue checkers, right? Yeah, yeah. So so make sure you've got your, your uh, 2FA on there. My password is going to be 1234. Mm-hmm. I want to see what happens. Just like password 123. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. just, just see yeah. who, you know, how long that, that, yeah. that remains in your yeah. possession there. So Twitter says it will also uh, implement internal security uh, safeguards for these uh, very uh, special high-priced accounts. These measures include new methods of response to suspicious activity and expedited account recovery if hackers do manage to get a hold of a prominent account and attempt to start a war or something. Now, uh, also along with Facebook, Twitter has uh, changed its rules uh, and uh, will either label or remove posts that prematurely declare results or make allegations of election rigging. So they're not going to let people declare that they are winners of their races uh, before the votes are counted to... I'm going to declare right now. I just won. Mm-hmm. Right now. Yeah. I just so won you're getting a ban from Twitter. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't be happier if that happened. Yeah. And in Facebook, you don't have to worry about. So... That's done. Yeah, done. Since you, so you banned them from your life. Yes, indeed. Well, well, speaking of Facebook, uh, in what seems to be an attempt uh, to get out of democracy's way, Facebook has recently announced additional steps uh, the company's going to take. I think they did this um, at the end of August, early September. That they're going to take these steps to help secure the integrity of the U.S. elections. Hmm. The platform uh, has already been running links that people are used to uh, find authoritative voting information before November 3rd. Facebook now says it's also taking measures to reduce the risks of pre- and post-election confusion. Now, among the things that it posted on its blog, uh, Facebook states, uh, we won't accept new political ads in the week before the election, which technically they're talking about November 3rd. As we mentioned, uh, people are already voting, so the election is on. So I can't really see this doing a whole lot. Can you? Yeah, not at all. Yeah. Not um, at all. And uh, they have been knocking down a lot of... Uh, misinformation posts and conspiracy theory posts. And so they're stepping that up a little bit. Uh, They also say uh, they're going to remove posts that claim that people will get COVID-19 if they take part in voting. And they're going to attach links to authoritative information about the coronavirus to posts that might use uh, COVID-19 to discourage voting. They're also going to attach an informational label uh, to content that seeks to delegitimize the outcome of the election uh, and uh, discuss the legitimacy of voting methods. So if someone say, just out of the blue, uh, goes on a rant about mail-order voting, then uh, I guess Facebook is going to slap a label on that. Um, Mm. And uh, any uh, candidate or campaign that tries to declare victory before the final results are in, like Twitter, they're going to add a label to that, too, saying that, you know... I'm not on Facebook, so I won. I won, Facebook. So so you don't have to care about this at all. I am the king of the universe. I was voted the king of the universe. Yes. So so we'll see uh, if that uh, does anything. Now, now you you quit Facebook, what, a year ago? Was it more than a year? Two years. I think it's almost, I think it's two years now. Yeah, because there's now a thing where they are actually paying people to quit Facebook, which uh, the Washington Post and a few others reported on this. Uh, The social network is working on a study with an outside research firm to see just how much influence Facebook and Instagram uh, might possibly have on uh, political attitudes. And so they are paying people to quit the platforms. I think it's between like 10 and $20 a week. And they're expecting to get probably 200 to 400,000 people to sign up to do this to get paid. And then I guess they're hoping they come back. But, but they're just going to quit and then take part in all these surveys, I guess, about how their beliefs have changed or if the stuff that they read on these platforms had any impact on their thinking. Hey, Marky Mark, cut me a check. Two years. Yeah, he he owes you some back pay here. Oh, yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. But uh, the results of all the survey, that we won't actually hear the results until next year. So this will not be concluded before the election. So this will probably won't even be until mid-2021. 
And then I guess maybe they use that data for the 2024 election. I don't know. I'm a little dubious about the use of it all, but I guess you know, it's science in a way. Science! Yes. Also uh, in Facebook news, uh, Ireland's Data Protection Commission has ordered Facebook to stop transferring data from users in the European Union to the United States. This would probably be the first major action taken by an EU regulator that directly uh, holds Facebook to account for its data transfers and because it, it doesn't wow. allow EU citizens a way to challenge surveillance by the U.S. government. Uh, which is the crux of the problem here. Facebook's saying, well, if we can't do this, we're just going to shut down in Europe. I don't know if, if how far okay. they can go with that. Bye-bye. <laughs> Bye-bye, Facebook. Yeah, so, so yeah, so the EU is, is, I guess, after not being super strong with a lot of their enforcement, Ireland is stepping it up here, uh, and the Irish regulator, I guess, can fine Facebook up to 4% of its annual revenue there, which comes out to $2.8 billion, so... Now, see, that's that's going to leave. Yeah, more. fighting that's Irish good. there, going after uh, Facebook. So. Well, fighting Irish, fighting Irish. I love the fact that Facebook is so arrogant that they could think that we can't live without mm -hmm. it. Hey, we're going to take it away. Yeah. Don't you make me go back there. I'll take it away. Remember how calm right, things bye, were in two thousand three. Oh, yeah, please. so so we'll we'll see that that one's uh, ongoing there too. Um, also ongoing, and this this could happen even by the time this episode drops. So the U.S. Department of Justice's own uh, antitrust suit against Alphabet, parent company of Google and YouTube, uh, could be landing any time now. A lot of this mm -hmm. uh, has to do with antitrust issues around the dominance of Google Search. Uh, as the New York Times has reported, Attorney General William Barr earlier overrode career lawyers who said they needed more time to build a strong case against Google, which is one of the world's most massive tech companies. you got to do your homework there. But as the Times reports, most of the 40-odd lawyers who had been working on the investigation opposed this deadline that got shoved up to this fall. And some said uh, they would not sign the complaints. Some of them left before the case had really started to wind down the summer. So uh, stay tuned. I think they are anticipating this uh, government lawsuit against Google to come down any day now. And then when it does, we'll talk about it. I have about three bits of good news from the Geekosphere. We need some good oh, news. Oh, thank you. Thank yes, you. Uh, Star Trek Discovery uh, will be returning for its third season on October the 15th on CBS Great All Access, show. which I guess next year is Great. getting rebranded as Paramount Plus. So What? It's going to be called Paramount, Paramount Plus? Paramount Plus, yeah. The, I don't know if the CBS thing was throwing people because they also had BET and Smithsonian and other stuff in there, but Paramount Plus. So, okay, so mark your calendar, yeah. October the 15th, Star Trek Discovery Season 3. Also in October, The Mandalorian is back with new episodes on October 30th Ooh, on Disney+. Yeah. Plus. They've also released a, a suite of Mandalorian toys uh, for, for the holiday season. Uh, lots of onset rumors that the guy who plays The Mandalorian is not very happy, but since uh, he only basically does the voiceover and it's some other guy in the suit, I don't think Disney is uh, sweating that too hard. We've only seen his Wait, face. Pe Pedro, his face? Uh, the, yeah, Pedro Pascal. Yeah. He ain't happy? Yeah, there, there have been rumors burbling out that, that he, uh, I guess, wanted to have less helmet time or something, even though that's a Mandalorian's whole thing. This is the way. we got to keep our hats on, you know? And uh, Oh, he wanted his face? He wanted yeah, his I'm, I'm not sure. And, you know, and a lot of this is just onset rumors. But uh, so it may be. And it's Star yeah. Wars. So it may be fraught, but new episodes October 30th. And also on Disney+, Plus, uh, orphan black superstar Tatiana Maslany has been cast in the lead role for the upcoming She-Hulk series. <gasps> She will be. She, she is so really? good at everything she does. Yeah. So I am psyched about that. Wow. You know, she is a, such wow. a nuanced and wonderful actress uh, that, that uh, I, I look forward to that. They were screaming about 
Alison Brie possibly yeah. at taking on the role, but I don't know if that was in the movie. Yeah, in the movie universe or yeah, the TV yeah. No, this is a, they're one in the same. Yeah, yeah. Now, so, right? And Disney owns them all, so yeah. So, so, so those are some good things. Uh, and finally, uh, we have a very belated because we've been off. Very belated, sad note that we hear at Pop Tech Jam mourn the loss and celebrate the life of actor Chadwick Boseman and actress Dame Diana Rigg, uh, who have both passed on. Within the past four to six weeks, as we know, uh, Mr. Bozeman, who made the Black Panther come to glorious life, also portrayed many real life heroes, including Jackie Robinson, Thurgood Marshall and James Brown. So that that was just crushing because it also came out of the blue. Ripped my heart. Yeah, and apparently that was the most popular tweet ever was the one that his uh, agent put up about his passing, um, which was a a sad milestone. But he, he was just that beloved. And a lot of people are saying you can't recast this role now. You either have to make sure the new no, Black Panther. Can't. Yeah, so, there's, so that's going on. The thing about Chadwick Boseman is that this is a guy who was suffering from cancer. And he made Black Panther when he was in chemo. He visited all these kids in hospitals while he knew his time was limited. I mean, that's heroic. Yeah. That's like, you know, that's just amazing. You don't see that kind of people anymore. Everyone is so self-centered. And he went out and he actively gave to the community and he tried to be a role model. And yet the guy was, you know, probably just horrific pain on the inside. Yes, absolutely. And Diana Rigg. Diana Rigg. That that, that one hit me because I was one of those ones who... Like the Avengers, I really didn't care about the Avengers unless yeah. it was a Mrs. Peel episode. Yeah, and no. uh, she also passed from cancer. Uh, regrettably, uh, she died at the age of eighty-two. Hey, no offense to Joanna Lumley. Yes, you know she was great. Yeah, yeah. You know, in the new Avengers, but yeah, you know. but uh, but but uh, Dame Diana, um, she passed on September the tenth. Uh, as fans of the Avengers. We're probably fans of the show because of her portrayal of Mrs. Peel on the Mod That's Fashions. That's the only reason um, I watched. Yeah, she, she pro- you probably weren't going to get a lot of uh, workable judo moves uh, from her, but she made it look good. Yeah, she and made uh, it she was a member of the Royal Shakespeare Company, and her extensive performance work included everything from Greek tragedy, because uh, I think I remember she did Medea uh, in the West End and Broadway, and then the Great Muppet Caper. She did. Um, and then uh, her later genre work with memorable roles on Game of Thrones and uh, one of my favorite oh. episodes of Doctor Who, uh, The Crimson Horror, which she did with her yeah. daughter, Rachel Sterling. So. And she was awesome. I mean, awesome in Game oh, yeah. of Thrones. Just, just brilliant. Yes, and apparently she was just quite a character great. on set, uh, too, when she was not uh, in- fulfilling her role in a good way or a bad um, way she, she was a dame and she had you know this is the way she was going to do dad. it and she, uh, apparently That's she right, showed up it. with like her lines for the entire season memorized you know like just that level of <laughs> a preparation where Ooh. you get a lot of the younger actors who just want a method or like mumble through and to have yeah. somebody who has royal shakespeare training who had just everything is committed to memory and of course hey you know what not to get political, I don't care what side of the fence you are. RBG, oh yeah, Ruth Bader you know Ginsburg. She was a trailblazer, and uh, she's uh, rest in power. Yes, rest in power. Inspired so many women. Second woman on the Supreme Court. First woman who's lying in state at the Capitol. Yeah, and you the know. the length of her legal career before she even became a justice. Just so many victories for women in the workplace and just women's rights in general. A lot of us would not be what we're doing uh, today mm-hmm. without Ruth Bader Ginsburg fighting the fight. So Incredibly inspiring. Yeah, so definitely Incredibly. have to, uh, to pour one out for, for all these uh, 
You know, 2020 has just not been a good year. Sucks. It just sucks. But hey, rest in power, Notorious RBG. Yes, yes. No, we will take a moment to think of their uh, their contributions. So, yes. um, and uh, with that, we, we should talk about TV now. We should talk about just some TV. Yeah, you know, yeah, because yeah. yeah. the, the thing with the, the COVID, too, it weighs so heavily upon you that we're finding yeah, the need to escape, uh, you know, through the flat screen yeah. and... Go on yep. new adventures. I have some shows. El Kaiser has some shows. Uh, you out there in Listenerland probably have some shows. So, so we're going to talk about some of the things that we're watching uh, to kind of take our minds off things. And as we prepare for the colder months uh, where we're going to be inside more, uh, some other things to spin up. So um, we'll, we'll be back with that in just a moment. Excellent. Yes. And uh, if you want to find right. out more about any of the stories that we talked about in the news segment today, you can find a page of links at poptakejam.com. Alexa, say poptakejam. El Kaiser. Yes. Yes, uh, usually we start uh, each show and you tell me what you're watching, but you didn't have a lot. Uh, now, are you not watching or are you just uh, so into what you're watching that, that you wanted to savor it for a little more? What are you no, watching no, these actually days? it was a combination. It's a, it's a, you know, I wanted to savor it. And also we had a cubic buttload of news. Yes. So we wanted to get that out of the way. Now, you know, so we kept the shenanigans to a minimum, but no, I'm, I'm, I'm watching. What I've been doing is revisiting some older shows. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, particularly, particularly three specific shows, Doctor Who, I've been going back and watching the new episodes and occasionally I will dip in to some of the older episodes, like the, the original series, the original uh -huh. one. So, Just, so you're starting back at the beginning of the reboot? It's starting back with, at the uh, beginning Chris of the Rebels? reboot. Yep. Yep. And I'm trying to get my kids interested in again. My son, I think I've drawn him back into the fold. Mm -hmm. He got a little scared because, you know, there's always that scary, creepy, dark episodes. They in do the new like run. they have the monster shows. Yeah. Yeah. They have the monster shows and that was freaking him out a little bit. He's a little older now. So, you know, but I'm, I'm just going back and really appreciating the level of artistry that they're putting in. You know, it's cheesy, it's silly, but there's just something about Doctor Who, the idea of him saving the universe and being just as either a crusty this or a, a foppy that or whatever. It's just the character. The idea of the character just intrigues me so much. And I've gone back and started watching Doom Patrol. Okay. And But I had watched it already. I think I talked about it on the show. But in this instance, before I watched it again with my daughter... I mean, she was, she showed some interest in it and she's loving every second of it. I mean, it's a bit of a grown up show. So I end up covering her eyes in the, mm -hmm. the you know, the, the bloody parts and stuff. Yeah, and, the dad censor. Yeah, exactly. But it brought me back to the comic books and I started reading the Grant Morrison run, mm -hmm. which the TV show is based on. And I have to tell you, I really, I was a fan of the show before I read the Grant Morrison and I'm even more so a fan because they translated the ethos of his run on the comic book. I mean, he did it for about five years. I think he did. He was a long run, but they totally captured the spirit. They captured the spirit. Now, obviously in the comic book, it was way over the top, like way over the top because they went from being a traditional and to be honest, no offense to the, 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 I, who I won't mention the artist and the writers before he picked up, 
but it was a pretty bad run. It was classic 80s DC. Yeah. You know, actually it read a lot like 70s and 60s DC. You know what I mean? Yeah. And the tone Back when Marvel was smoking them. Exactly. And the tone shift in the comic book was so pronounced that it ended up becoming the one of their first titles or maybe their first title to lose the comics code seal. And then it became one of the first Vertigo books on their imprint. It was just an, a fascinating, bizarre, completely over the top. Like the bad guys were the brotherhood of Dada, Mr. Nobody, who was a great, great evil character was, you know, kind of a goofy character in the comics, but still very effective. It just, they've done a great job of translating the zaniness, but keeping it where you don't like say, oh, this is just ridiculous. It's not Batman level zaniness, which they could have easily gone to. You know, you still end up really caring deeply for the characters on the TV show. They, they're threading the needle very nicely so far. I'm going to go into, once we finish watching the first season, I'm going to go into the second season again. Uh, I'd rather, I'm going to go into the second season after watching the first season with my daughter again, because I've already seen it. The third show that I, and they're all science fiction shows. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? is Thunderbirds, the original Thunderbirds with Super Marionation. Oh, wow. That, that is going oh, way back. Yeah, it's going way back. I mean, that was my, when I was a kid. I'm talking like three, four, five. That was the show. Are these on Netflix or where are you finding these things? They're on uh, Amazon Prime is where they are. But the reason of my newfound interest is I stumbled. Well, actually, uh, my buddy Chris Melly, who used to be on a, a About Men Radio with me, he stumbled on the fact that they had done three episodes in Super Marionation, you know, the, the puppets and all mm -hmm. that. For folks who might not, be uh, might not be familiar, Jerry Anderson was the producer and he did, you know, marionettes. There were three episodes that they created in 2015 that were a Kickstarter only thing and they're putting them on BritBox, a subscription service. So I'm excited about that. But have you been watching any show? Have you revisited any shows yourself? Now that we have the time, I'm, uh, there's a ton that I want. I'm also, well, I want to read this book and you know, I should practice the banjo. So I'm trying to balance all of this free time, you know, and, and parse it out uh, equally. But I found myself watching The Expanse, which totally missed oh, it yes. when it was on Sci-Fi. Uh, yep. Had some friends who's like, you have to see this, you have to see this. Have to, even you know, got me the Blu-rays to see it and and I'm watching it. And it, it's and also it's science fiction too. I think we, we both just want to get off the planet. <laughs> I do. Honestly, so, I, so I really much, do. Uh, I've, I've had this conversation, I think with you and with others, I don't want to deal with real life. I don't want to read nonfiction stuff. Yeah. <laughs> and, and, and science fiction uh, really takes you off world. Uh, the yes. Expanse uh, based on a series of books. And the thing that drew me to it is like the Battlestar Galactica reboot in the early mm. aughts, it's sort of hard, gritty science fiction. And you can see parallels to some of the things going on in the real world. I think with BSG, it was um, kind of riding along uh, with the Iraq war. Yes, uh, and this one has, has all kinds of stuff going on. But but the scenario is uh, that the solar system has been colonized and there are warlike planets and Earth is still there. And they have these lovely futuristic shots of New York and the United Nations. And then you have this sort of down and out area in the asteroid belt uh, where the, the people are called belters. And it's all very logical science in there. Like they, they deal with gravity in a very sort of realistic way where they have to have the gravity boots and the people who grew up in low gravity ha have health issues. But it's an incredibly diverse cast. A lot of money poured into making it look realistic. I think Amazon Prime might actually be running, and I think Sci-Fi did a few seasons, and then 
passed it off. Uh, and I'm still working through it, but it's just such a really intense uh, show once you get into it. And it's a little slow to get into, and then you kind of get used to the world, as you do with a lot of, of science yeah, fiction. absolutely. So I'm watching that, loving it. Also, it's making me kind of want to go back and revisit uh, the Battlestar Galactica, particularly oh, the miniseries in the first two seasons. I thought yeah. BSG kind of took a questionable turn about they jumped the shark the come on yeah. they jumped the shark in the third and season. i watched it all the way through but it was it was sort of like it became a, a thing that you weren't like totally looking forward to like so oh, i gotta mm-hmm. watch it you know because i'm invested in it i want to know yeah. what's going to happen but i have a feeling i'm not going to be really well entertained and and it had its ups and downs in the last uh, uh two seasons but uh the first two though it was just it was riveting phenomenal uh, tv phenomenal yeah. tv and and just really, and and at the time, you know, the country was also some stress because the, the Iraq War was happening, and and the early aughts were kind of, uh, you know, they were coming out of a recession, and and all of well, that. Those, so, those were rosy rosy days compared to now. Yeah. So so I've been watching that. Uh, I need to get into the Watchmen, the HBO. I've been saving it just to have a so have I. block of binge time. Was a huge fan of the comic book. Read it when it came out uh, in the eighties. Uh, didn't manage to see the Zack Snyder movie version uh, for whatever reason. I saw it and bought it. I actually yeah, really? I, I loved it. Yes. I might be I might be the only person on the planet who actually loved it. Yeah, well, I mean, it's one of those things, too, where I didn't purposely avoid it. I think it just came out at a time in my life when I was super busy. And then you know how things like everything comes out and then, oh, I got to do that. And then you forget about it because some other new thing comes out. And you, so, yeah. Uh, so yeah, so I, I need to watch the HBO Watchmen and now apparently the movie uh, as well. But yeah, it's all it's all science fiction escapist stuff. Uh, I do read some nonfiction uh, on the side, but no, I'm no reading a book about the Constitution for whatever you know. Yeah, just for yeah, for some light reading. No, I can, I'm not. I'm strictly. It's all light. It's all DC comic book. You know, fair. It's just light stuff, jokey stuff. I can't deal. There's enough anxiety producing stuff out there. I'm not reading any of the Trump books. None of it. Mm-mm. Really, you were just you were just staying in your own isolation chamber Ooh, of, yeah. of sci-fi me, and video games, and just give me goofy sci-fi, give me hardcore sci-fi, give me anything but reality at this point. Yeah, so so, so those are the two things I'm coming, and I'm also because we're both Generation X. Uh, I got this book. I bought it mainly because of the title. I think it's called The Bionic Woman and Feminist Ethics. Uh, and it's an academic from South Carolina who's looking very, very seriously at the three seasons of The Bionic Woman in the 1970s and how this character, uh, the Jamie Summers character, was really progressive for her time and doing very, very close readings of scenes in her, her interaction with the Six Million Dollar Man and mm-hmm. when she was a spy and her kids. And it's it's bringing back a lot because I watched the show as a kid and really didn't think that deeply about it. And I'm like, oh, well, now I want to go back. And, and it was only on for three seasons, so it's yeah. not a huge major time commitment. And you can, I think the NBC, if you have like the Peacock app or if you've got a cable subscription, you can stream the episodes on the NBC side because I guess they own the rights to the, to the shows, at least to the Bionic Woman. So, so I'm thinking, you know, once I get done with this, and it's academic writing, which has never been my favorite thing, but mm-hmm, because I'm mm-hmm. sort of interested in the topic, I'm kind of going through, and a lot of it's, you know, theory and, and not not the most um, lighthearted uh, of reading, but the, the guy's making some convincing points. So I'm like, okay, yeah. now I really want to go back and, and watch the, the episodes where she debuted on The Six Million Dollar Man and then watch the entire run of her series because she had the two seasons on ABC and then I got bumped to NBC and that's where the bionic dog came in. Oh, boy. Um, and, uh, yeah, I know you kind of feel like the 
maxibionic dog like batmite and stuff but yeah uh, yeah don't get me started don't yeah me yeah started. but it but it was uh you know and again simpler times though the 70s um true so, so I think I may have to, to do that too, especially because I'm kind of waiting around for Wonder Woman 1984. And if it's only going to be in the theaters, I'm not going to a theater. So Mm-mm. I'm going to have to bide my time that way. So, so yeah. So I, th- I think uh, The Expanse, uh, a BSG rewatch, and The Bionic Woman are kind of where I'm hanging out, uh, at least for, for this month. You and I are in the same sci-fi boat. I think so. Yeah. And there's also, you know, the, the older shows too, the older you get too. And, and I don't know if you watched Thunderbirds when they were originally, but you're kind of going back to your childhood, much like yeah. we, we saw at the comfort food and the comfort reads and the old video games uh, in the early part of the pandemic. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm sort of looking for those types of things still. Mm-hmm. And because there is so much that is just digitized, like even if you go on YouTube, you find these VHS bootlegs that people have tossed up of shows that you forgot you watched like 40 <laughs> years ago and they bring yeah. back all of these memories. So, yeah, 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 yeah. So, yeah if I start digging up, you know, stop me if I start watching H&R Puffin stuff or HR Puffin stuff. Oh, those Sid Marty Croft things. Sid Marty like Croft, yeah. <laughs> wow. Yes, they were. Wow. They could not make those shows these days. Yeah. Well, Sigmund no. and the Sea Monsters. Sigmund and the, yeah. <laughs> Folks, if you have no idea what we're talking about, it's we're just old. do yourself a favor. Just get, Just go to YouTube and see what we had to deal with. Okay? Next time you complain about your TV options. Just see what we had to deal with, okay? We, we didn't even have cable back then. We had, Do what, you remember like ISIS? Oh, yes, ISIS and Shazam. And- Shazam Shazam just looked like a the skinny guy in a Charles Atlas ad. Yeah. You know, come Dude on. Dude in a union suit with a cape, yeah. yeah. <laughs> with a big bouffant. He had that serious 70s head. Oh, yeah. that's what we had to deal with, people. Yeah, the 70s so, were a special time. You can't, you, you, you cannot talk to us about, you know, it's that joke that Gen X remember Gen X <laughs> remembers the pain of the boomers and knows technology. You know what I mean? We've kind mm-hmm. of straddled that thing. Yeah. So we're unstoppable basically. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. We were built for this. Yes. We were built for this. Yes. So, um, yeah. So, so if anyone out there is interested in some of these shows we talked about, if you were either too young to remember them or old and forgotten them or just have never heard of, of the expanse or doom patrol or whatever we'll post some links uh, to the shows in case you're interested uh, and if anyone uh, out there is watching something uh, super fun that would like to share please uh, feel free to drop a comment yeah, on our show definitely. page please do please do or track us down on the on the on the on the socials yes um but with that we should probably wrap up because we've been uh, yapping on here for a while yeah we have we have we got to thank the bros thank, yes, you, thank bros. you bros built by bros.com if you think it they will probably build it for you. Yes, I'm sure they will. And uh, thank you, listeners. Uh, I know uh, it's been uh, 10 days or so since we were, were here, but, uh, you know, we're back. Uh, hopefully the double dose of news uh, will catch you up there. But until we're back on the next episode with more, I'm J.D. Beersdorfer. And I'm Pedro Rafael Rosado. Let's go watch some TV now. Yeah, I'm definitely going to watch it.